Hello and welcome to the Yusef Shaheen podcast. I think this is going to be the 23rd. Yeah, depends which ones you are including in the canonical numbering of podcasts, <laughs> but let's go yes. with the 23rd. <laughs> I think this is the 23rd. Uh, so today we are going to be returning uh, to Setua uh, Mon Amour, the 1957 uh, Yusef Shaheen musical uh, that I uh, discussed with uh, Cairo filmmaker Tara Shahata uh, just a week ago. Um, have you li- have you listened to her? On I have. Film? Yeah, yeah. It was really really interesting yeah. discussion. Good. I thought it was interesting, not only you know because she's someone who knows films and is a filmmaker herself. Uh, but of course, because she lives in Cairo, mm. so it's interesting to get a kind of a perspective I, on. Yeah, I, I think particularly her comments on because um, we 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 always talk about how difficult it has been and still is to see some of Shaheen's films, and then she was saying how difficult it has been to see Shaheen's films actually in Cairo. I mean, that that, that was yes. that was very interesting. Um, yes, uh, I thought that was very interesting, and I, I thought what was also very interesting is to get a young person's perspective. And we're, we're, both, we're young, on... Jose. But not that. We're young at <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere else, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I didn't want to let the occasion go by without us mm. uh, discussing it uh, in a usual way, and also particularly from getting your perspective on the film. When when did you see it and what did you? Uh, so I watched it last night. Um, re- yeah, re- re- really enjoyed it. I mean, I think as you, as you said in your talk with Tara, it's quite a uh, you know the, the the plot is quite basic. It's it's sort of fluffy entertainment, but it's hugely enjoyable. And you know, the, so basically it's a screwball comedy. Uh, the musical numbers are really well staged. The uh, you know it, it, it's some really interesting location footage. I mean, it's a very kind of lavish production. Um, and one thing that struck me is it's so it's the film he made immediately before Cairo Station, um, and kind of which wow. kind of reinforces how shocking Cairo Station would have been because it's like yeah. hey I went to see this lovely screwball comedy musical with um, what's the name Hindrostrom yeah Hindrostrom comedy musical directed by Yusuf Shaheen oh look they've made another film together <laughs> let's go and see it and it's and it's this horrible kind of sex sex murder type story um so that that's that's quite interesting um and i i found you know the move from i guess it started off in cairo and then, then they moved to the kind of aswan area uh which uh, was sort of some in, some interesting parallels there with with people of the nile um and all the the, the use of of, uh, of nubian characters um was was quite so that i think it was a yeah you know, although it's a fluffy musical there was there was some interesting stuff going on okay. now i think well, let's go. Uh, we'll return to the fluffy musical aspects. Uh, sorry, we'll, we'll return to the serious aspects. I want to dwell on the fluffy mm. musical aspects because uh, my view is sometimes what we call the fluffy musical aspects are actually, you know, what's truly artful and great mm. about films like this. You know, it's not kind of you know the the more serious stuff it's actually the fluff yeah that uh, that you know that that makes the art in a way uh, and of course this is a musical mm. so uh you know the music the music uh and the musical numbers are at the heart of you know whatever there is to value in this film and i must say i thought they were fun yeah yeah <laughs> really just really really well staged really well filmed i mean the first i think the first musical number is in a is in a nightclub 
and the the, you know, the male character singing and Hindrostrum is dancing and the camera is just swooping around and you know so at one point it it you know this the guy singing is sitting in a little corner and it focuses on him then it moves to the side a little bit and you see the dance going on in the background and all. it's just really 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 well done and, and it's, again yeah. as you said the other day really really well done unlike the dance numbers in the later films which is just yes. fascinating it's a very interesting thing because the late 40s and the early 50s are seen as a ta- as you know almost like a period where the long shot was fashionable mm. yeah and that uh, you know people were using cranes and booms and you know the camera would swirl there and sweep in there and you know so rather than break up a shot or you know into uh, five or six mm. right kind of you know the camera constantly reframes yeah but it, it reframes without cutting, mm. which stops the rhythm. You know, who was I was reading Claude Chavrol, and he was saying, you know, every time you cut, you cut a universe. Mm. Yeah, each shot is its own universe, and as soon as you cut, there's the potential to disrupt or change or alter. Yeah, you can yeah. not only move location, you could move time. You, yeah. So 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 each cut is like a changing universe, and so, you know, one of the things when we think about you know, these people who do these long shots, if we think of Preminger and Minnelli and Nicholas Ray and Max Ophuls and, yeah, all of those great filmmakers mm. of that period. You know, and I think Shaheen is, is one who also uses, you know, those incredible fluid long takes, often mm. using booms, yeah, yeah. you know, and so on. Uh, and you see it here in a way, you know, uh, in, in, in that musical number. Yeah. Yeah, with him, Rostam in the nightclub. Uh, which I think is absolutely brilliant. I mean, you know, and 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 it's difficult to define why. But we have been talking about is in Hidden Rustum, mm. yeah. Name. Yeah. You know, we have been talking about what a star quality she has, and again, kind of, you see her in this film, especially next to that wooden leading man, you know, and. Like you, you can't stop looking at her. Yeah. Right? she she's so vivacious and sexy and alive, and you know, and she moves with glee and danger. Actually, yeah. Uh, so I love seeing. Well, her. one th- one th- scene with her I found really interesting, and again coming back to Cairo Station, is there's a scene on a train, and I don't I don't know whether the, whether the station they set, set off from is Cairo Station, but anyway, they're on the train, mm. and there's some kind of traditional Egyptian music being played, and Hindrostrum dances to the music on the train, and then of course in the f- next yeah. film. There's in Cairo Station. There's a, a rock and roll band on a train, and again she dances oh, on the train. I mean, it'd be interesting to. It s- might be interesting to juxtapose yeah, those yeah, two scenes. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, and you sort of you know it, it again watching these in order. Well, obviously we haven't watched these in order, but thinking about them in order, you wonder whether that uh, you know Hindrostrom dancing to rock and roll on a train was a deliberate reference to Hindrostrom dancing to traditional music on the train in the previous film. Uh, well, that might be interesting because, you know, the films are all so much. I mean, I think in this period, um, <coughs> Shaheen is obsessed with modernity, mm. you know, and changes in society. And, you know, um, so and both of those sequences in some ways, well, both films are definitely about that. Right. You know, and obviously the whole scene in the train is about that. You've you already talked about how it was, you know, how it was some 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 rock group or something wasn't yeah it? We posted mike and the, the mike and his skyrockets that was it mike and yeah. <laughs> there you go skyrockets right? yeah like, you know, they're going into space 
<laughs> so, um, before we move on, I just, you know, what did you make of uh, Hinrothsen uh, and her character in the film? She was, I thought she was great. I mean, she, she's this, I mean, her performance is great and the character is, I mean, it's sort of the, yeah, I mean, she, so she's essentially the, I mean, the plot is there's a, uh, a young couple, not a young woman marrying a middle-aged guy and it's, it's an arranged marriage um, by her family. Um, neither of them at this point want to get married to each other. Uh, and and you can understand in his case because he basically he's shagging Hind Rostrum and like you know why 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 would you want to do anything else? Um, and so he, they, but then you know by the end those two fall in love and and then she is Hind Rostrum is being quite manipulative and trying trying to sort of set things up so she she gets back with him. So she's kind of this kind of evil not evil but just this scarlet woman. But but she's sort of it's quite interesting. She's independent. She's feisty. She's sexy. Uh, you know, wearing very revealing costumes and, and, yes. and, and she knows what she wants. Yeah, and she's just basically going out to get it. I mean, it's a sort of um, again. I, you, I think you compared on your on your previous talk with Tara the, the, to Marilyn Monroe, and it's kind of it is the kind of you know the kind of character. It's like the Seven Year Rich kind of character that Marilyn played later. Yeah, I think the, the thing about Marilyn Monroe is she she always played dumb. Mm. Whereas there's nothing dumb about Hindrosson. I mean, she evokes intelligence. You know? Yeah. And actually, uh, and a kind of shrewdness, really. You know, shrewdness and shrewdness, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's an interesting character to play because whereas the couple that is bound to get together because of family obligations and to get this inheritance, mm. she is um engaged to someone else whereas you know he's just shagging a nightclub singer, yeah right? yeah <laughs> yeah so i think that's kind of like an interesting gender yeah perspective yeah yeah, yeah. on it yeah because if, if she was shagging a nightclub singer she'd be the scarlet woman from hell right? <laughs> which is sort of what happens in um papa i mean isn't it when the daughter Gets the gets the job in the nightclub and and then the, yes. the there's kind of this casting couch thing going on. So it does, yeah, it does happen in, in his first film. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so uh, um, the film has three stars. Uh, what did you think of each of them? Um, I, I thought Hind Rostrum was great, and the other two were a little forgettable. The guy, the guy, I think I I I, I liked the guy more than you did. You said he was quite wooden. I I think he, yeah, he was giving this sort of uh very broad comic performance he has very sort of expressive eyes he, he was reminding me of some british or american comedian comic actor and i couldn't remember who but i i mean i suspect he was a big big comedy star i don't i, I don't i don't know my understanding is that he was uh one of the great pop songs of the oh, era right. yeah that his songs are still played mm. uh and it's kind of still central to egyptian pop culture uh, he wrote all the songs for this film. I mean, the film was made for him. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, you know, the uh, lengthy ending is purely because he wants to create a whole other musical number to go there. Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, so so this is built around his music uh, uh, and and his persona. And my feeling about him is, you know, he's got a wonderful voice, mm. I think, and and he's a great songwriter. I mean, I was humming those stupid songs that were in my head. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah. for weeks after I listened to them. Right? So he's like, um, I bet he's like, it's like watching a Cliff Richard film or an, Elv- or an Elvis Presley film, I guess, in, in terms of... A little bit like that, except, you know, he's got the charm of neither, <laughs> in my view. You know? Well, and less actually, charm than Cliff Richard, that's a bit of an indictment. <laughs> and not quite, because, you know, neither Cliff Richard nor uh, um, uh, Elvis wrote their own music. That's, that's true, that's true. So, so you know, I, I, I imagine him a little bit like... Hoagie Carmichael. Hoagie Carmichael is who I had in mind. I was thinking Skippy. Hoagie. <laughs> 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 yeah? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, he's... I mean, you know, Hoagie Carmichael has his own kind of charisma, but he's got a very wooden face, mm. yeah? And that becomes part of his persona. Yeah, because I guess this yeah. guy... Because this was 57, and the guy was... I mean, I don't know how old he was. He looked in his 40s, I guess. Um, so... Yeah. Inta Habibi is the Egyptian name yeah. of the film. Uh, the uh, young woman is Shadia, and it's Farid El Atrash, uh, who is um, the star. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and um, he he had a career, a thirty year career, yeah. Mm. Uh, so. Um, yeah, he was the composer of twenty-four films, and he acted in thirty. Yeah, so I'm born in born in 1910. So yeah, he would have been 46, 47 or so yeah. at this point. Um, so so yeah, not a so so actually um, more like yeah, Hoagie Carmichael is probably a better comparison because he he was a star of an earlier era, I guess. So um, well, well, he was a star then, yeah, but he, I mean, he wasn't a rock and roll star. You know, he was a uh, yeah. He was a big star, my understanding is, mm. except obviously he was middle aged. Right? Yeah, yeah. And he's playing, he's playing somebody who's meant to be 20, yeah. 21, and he's 46. Yes, right? yeah. You know, so, um, and he looks it. But actually, I, I think in a way, to me, none of that matters because, you know, I think he is a beautiful singer. And obviously, I don't speak Arabic and so on. Mm. But, you know, one of the things that interests me as well is how much of this music there must be a kind of, um, you know, a Mediterranean or North African, you know, connection with Spain, because a lot of flamenco singing is like this, mm. right? It's it's about kind of people manipulating their voices on notes and holding notes and elongating, you know, yeah, kind of, yeah. Uh, notes, uh, um, you know, often across refrains. So it's, it's a very similar style of singing mm. that he does. Uh, for the most part, yeah, uh, and it's, I find it really beautiful. Yeah, yeah, he, you know, he, so... no, he, he was, he, it was great. I'm just reading up on his personal life, incidentally. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Pri- pri- <laughs> prior to the 1952 coup d'état against King Farouk, Alatrash became friends became friends with Farouk's consort, Queen Nariman, a relationship that continued after the Queen's divorce. The former oh. Queen's family did not accept Alatrash, and the separation from her sent the singer in a long depression. The start of health problems that worsened from that point on. Um, he, he never wanted to marry. Um, he uh, he refused to get married, so, claiming that marriage kills art. There you go. Uh, maybe he was just the Queen's fag hag. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> much like Cliff. No, I, I, I mean, very similar to Cliff Richard, who also never married. Um, as, as he became older, and this is interesting, as he became older, he reconsidered his option of marriage, his opinion of marriage, and proposed to the Egyptian singer Shadia, who obviously was the, his ah, star yeah, in, this, in this film. Yeah. But at the last minute, he backed out. 
by now his health was poor and he feared he would leave her a young widow um so so yeah, yeah, yeah there, sure. there you go um uh, i'm reading between the lines so. <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't possibly comment but but yeah um but the, the, you know in, interesting that because there's clearly a big age difference between him and him and the the, the other lead and, and he uh but yeah, he didn't. He didn't propose marriage to Hindu Ostrom. Just put it that way. Should <laughs> uh, have eaten him alive. <laughs> uh, so um, one of the things that I liked very much about the film was its attention to clothes, mm. hairdos, decor. What did that? Kind yeah, of, and um, and again, as you often get in his films, it's this this clash between you know tradition and modernity and, and there's all these kind of the these sort of interior <clears throat> when they go they're in this hotel um in in the aswan area and there's all these very 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 1950s designs of the wallpaper and the uh you know the furnishings and the the, the bed clothes and so on with just with these really cool patterns but then you get the contrast of that with the uh with the the the, the sort of nubian people living Living there uh, in a very traditional way, in very traditional clothes. Um, so, so yeah, it was it was um, an, an in, interesting, again, an interesting thing that you often get in these Shaheen films. Mm. I loved it because um, you know it's what it's what's often called a cinema of attractions, mm. right? Kind of, you know, people go or people used to go to the cinema for all kinds of reasons. Yeah, and actually, you know, how to decorate your house or what furniture to buy or you know, kind of what clothes were fashionable mm. were part of the reasons that a lot of people went to, uh, you know, particular films. And this one, of course, has a fashion show. Yes. You know, in the middle of it, right? Which acts as a kind of also a bit of a peekaboo. Mm. Yeah. So, yes. You know, clothes fall off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a bit of a, you know, sex show and fashion show. Mm. So, you know, you get both audiences. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or you get two audiences anyway. Um, so, so... I loved all of that, and you know, all of those little details also kind of give you an idea, not of the way that things were necessarily, mm. but of things people aspire to, right? Yeah, you're right, and because I because I, th I think the you know clearly these characters are they're supposed to be quite rich, they're they're living mm. quite an aspirational lifestyle. Yeah, it, it's um, yeah they're going to night they they they're, they're going to nightclubs, they're going to restaurants, they're having big parties. They're wearing great clothes. It's, um, mm. Yeah, I think the what what impressed me or um, registered was that it was modern, mm. right? So you know you had sketches on the wallpaper which were of fish, but you know they were done in this modern minimalist yeah, style, yeah. a few lines, right? Or you know that i.e. you know these are films about that aspire to modernity, to international modernity, mm. right? Yeah, you know, yeah. Which I I, I think. Um, is interesting. Um, you mentioned Screwball at the beginning, and it is very much Screwball, mm. right? I thought the the beginning uh, really reminded me of the Palm Beach story. Yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. You know, uh, people running on the street, kind of clothes being thrown off. Yeah, like yeah, uh, uh, um, yeah. It's obviously also um, what twenty years ago there was this whole vogue for Runaway Bride, mm. and yeah. And of course, that also dates from this period, right? Yeah. And the film begins as a kind of that kind of yeah, thing, right? Yeah. Kind of, the, you know, heading to the altar, but not. Yeah. The know. the other thing I saw yesterday, and I'll, I'll I'll have to find it again and send you a link. Is someone did 
screen grabs of of the, uh, a couple of screen grabs from this film side by side with screen grabs from Lubitsch's Bluebeard's Eighth Wife, um, which oh, lovely, the the yes. plot I mean the, uh, which I've not seen and, and the plot is not the the, yeah, the plot is no bears no resemblance. But there's a couple of screenshots, particularly where the there's a great scene at the wedding where the, they've chained the groom to the uh, to the chair to stop him escaping, uh, and then a spanking scene. And, and they're, they're, these side by side, they're very similar shots. And uh, oh, well, knowing what we know about Shaheen, I'm sure that was um, deliberate. Yeah, 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 uh, for sure. Uh, I love uh, I love the opening sequence mm. of Bluebeard's Eighth Wife. Gary Cooper wants to buy only the bottom of the pajamas, <laughs> and she wants to buy the mm. top. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they meet. That's the meet. Um, so um, now, what did you make of you know the families? Yeah, uh, the um, milieu represented. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, it reminded me of, there's a type of review theater or farce, you know, in Madrid. Mm. Yeah, that is all very much, it's kind of, you know, uh, upper middle class, but but for middle class people, Mm. right? And it's all about inheritances and workings and marriages and you know, and being lazy and, you know, yeah. And uh, this film really reminded me a lot about that. It's people who don't have to work, but kind of have to work. Yeah. 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 I, th- I think I said they were presented as quite, quite a well-off family, but it was a similar, you know, in some ways a similar family setup that you often see in, in Shaheen's films, the modern films. Hmm. Um, the, so, and I thought there was, yeah, there was a bit where the, cause the daughter doesn't, doesn't want to have the arranged marriage and and the mother is essentially well you know didn't do me any harm and then talks about her wedding night and it reminded me of the you know obviously much more serious take on that scene in um i think it was was it an egyptian story where the uh, the mother the mother talks about her wedding night as being rape um mm. and in, in in this film it's like uh the the, the subtitles we watched with were in french so i didn't quite get what was being said but it was seemed to be along the lines of uh, you know, my the way, my wedding night was okay, but then again, I was anaesthetized at the time. <laughs> it's sort of, I mean, so it was, it was, you know, not a, you know, treated in a more comedic way, but not, but not a dissimilar point being made. I think. Um, mm. So yeah, that that was that 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 was very really interesting. Mm. Um, what do you think of the music? Yeah, really, I mean, we talked about the songs. I thought I thought they were yeah they 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 were great I and mean, sort of really sort of, and the way it kind of. It would sort of just suddenly slip into being a song, you know. It's kind of seemed to be mm. quite organic. Um, yes, which is a new development for him, hmm. right? Because we've seen his musical numbers before, and often they are diegetic. Yeah, right. So again, <coughs> to me, this is the influence of you know the Hollywood musical in what would in 1957 have been its most recent variant. Yeah. you know, which is the freed integrated musical, yeah. right, where you lead into a song. So, you know, the uh, hubba hubba number, <laughs> or <laughs> hobby hobby, whatever it's called, the love number, yeah. or the satirical love number between the two protagonists, mm. you know, there's a, you know, it's just the two of them singing, you know, which I, I'm, I'm, it's very impressive what Shaheen does with that, how the mise-en-scene of that the number, um, but there is a lead into mm. it, right? They begin talking about love and yeah, they kind of poke fun at it or whatever, and actually, then the conversation leads to the lyrics of the song and yeah. they begin singing. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, um, 
So, so I find that um, very different from the way that members are introduced in his other mm. films. Um, and also, I forget who said, it was Gary Marshall who directed Chicago and things like that, and who said, you know, that in that type of integrated musical, that moment of transition between, you know, the real world and the world of feeling, right, is the key one, mm. right? It's when you're moving into the song, yeah, when you begin singing out loud on the street, the moment just before that, if you don't get it right, the whole thing falls yeah, apart. Yeah. People laugh, right? Um, and actually, I thought it was very beautifully handled in this film. Yeah, yeah. It was Rob, Rob Marshall, not Gary Marshall. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Marshall. <laughs> but Gary Marshall was, I think, Pretty Woman, and I think he did The Runaway Bride. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, Still yeah, on topic. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm talking off the top of my head on a Sunday morning, so I'm doing all right. <laughs> um, uh how would you relate this film in Shaheen's career to this point? Yeah. So let's backtrack. And, you know, of course, we're now drawing on your excellent memory. Yeah. How has his career developed this far so, in terms of what we've it's, seen? It's interesting, isn't it? So, so we've seen, um, I'm just having a look. So this is his, this is his 10th film, I think. Right. Yeah. In seven years. Tenth, for, yes. Years. Ten, so his first film was 1950. This is 1957. Um, mm. he made, so, and we've seen, uh, one, two, three, I think we've seen five of those earlier films so far that mm. we've been able to find. Um, and I, it's interesting. So, so uh, up to this point, I mean, he, I think he's been making quite commercial crowd pleasing films, um, mm. films based on other sources, films based on plays, uh, you know, musicals, melodramas. Um, so this, this does fit with that i mean i i think they've become you know this the, the the filming of them and the staging of numbers and so on so the, i guess this is the well films with music we've seen papa i mean and we've seen women mm. uh women without men and this one mm. um and i think you know he's become increasingly sophisticated in his the way he stages these things um but what i find really interesting is he gets to this point and I mean, I, I imagine this is a very commercially successful film. It kind of feels like it would have been. Uh, it yeah. Is, yes. And then the next thing he does the following year, he makes Cairo Station and, and Jamila, um, mm. which is, is, is fascinating, but then goes back to, um, I mean, I, I don't, he, his next four, the four films after Jamila, we haven't got access to at the moment, but they're called things like Forever Yours, In Your Hands, A Lover's Call, A Man in My Life. So they sound like <laughs> <laughs> they sound like they're back to the more kind of commercial end of yeah. things. Uh, and then he makes Saladin. So that, so that that's kind of where this is sitting. So okay, well that's fascinating yeah. actually. So this is this is that film of transition mm. to you know uh, uh, kind of social problem films, yeah, really, yeah. kind of with a tinge of neorealism. And, you know, there's really powerful political melodrama, yeah. right, uh, uh, based on uh, a, a real uh, figure. Uh, so that is kind of quite a considerable yeah, departure. Yeah. Uh, but that's why well, one of the things I found interesting about this was uh, those sequences in the Aswan area where they... For no, I mean, no particular need that the film needs to do this, but they, tra they travel to Aswan. Um, and they, they, they meet a number of, of, uh, of Nubian characters. And I, I was sort of reading up on this to try and understand what the significance of this is, because I saw a, a tweet in reference to Shaheen 
talking about the fact that it's actually re relatively unusual to have um, Nubian actors, Nubian characters in lead roles in Egyptian cinema. Um, mm. And uh, that whether that's still the case, I don't know, but they, but they mentioned Shaheen and they mentioned one of the other Shaheen films as being one that does this. And obviously people of the Nile does this. Um, mm. And obviously this film, they, well, they're, they're not lead characters. I mean, they're playing waiters they're, but there, there are mm. quite a lot of scenes with, with in, in, in that community. And you, mm. which makes you wonder whether given there's no particular plot reason why the film needs to go to that area, uh, you know, that, that stuff could happen. It could happen anywhere, whether he's making a, making a point. I don't know. Well, it's interesting you should say that because my uh, reading was just that that is where fashionable people went to the beach yeah. on holiday. Yeah. You know, that there was no other reason, you know, uh, for it than that. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and that, you know, maybe that was something that was destroyed when the yeah, Aswan yeah. Dam, you know, got built. But that in those days, you know, kind of that would have been, mm. the, yeah, the place to be, the, the place fashionable people went to on, on yeah, holiday. Yeah. Each country has its own. Yeah, right, yeah. You know? uh, uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, in Spain, the royal family always went up north to San Sebastián, mm. right? Because it was cooler. Yeah, yeah. And that, that, could be a, that, that could be, a you know, showing that these people are rich because they can afford to go there for their holiday. And uh, yeah. but, then, but then he does show, you know, he shows the villagers. He, you know, he, show, he shows yeah. that, that you know, he, he could just focus on, you know, the rich people in the hotel, but he does show them going out and he does show those, those, those communities, which are, I thought was quite interesting. Yeah. I mean, the little kid, there's a little boy who's the... He's a, a a waiter, and he's you know, I'm sure you're not the same guy, but he kind of you know that could be the young version of the of the guy from People of the Nile, really, couldn't it? You know, um, yes, yes. very similar look, very similar clothing. Um, yes, uh, and also there is a real racial hmm. thing, and actually I think it's uh, it's something I would like to read up on. Yeah, uh, you know. Um, because the yeah um it, it's very interesting because you know in a way kind of you get the whole social construction of mm. race because you know kind of i mean none of the st all of the stars in the film you know if you uh, they, obviously they all look kind of middle mm. eastern right so they have like a brown skin color but there seems to be like a clear distinction between that and black people in the films and you often see black people paying, playing waiters, mammies, yeah. uh, people who have a line in the market. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, so they're clearly part of the population, but they're not part of the society. That, 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 seem, that, that seems to be the, the, the case. And, and uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I think you know, I don't, all I know is from doing a little bit of reading last night, so I don't know a huge amount, but, but it's sort of, yeah, they, they were largely centered in the Aswan area. They were displaced by the dam. And so a lot of them ended up living in, uh, you know, poor areas in Cairo and so on. So, so the, this is, which is perhaps, I can't remember if that's covered in Cairo as seen by Shaheen, but it's sort of that, mm. that's, yeah, there, 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 there is a, there is a distinction in, in Egypt between those mm. two communities. So, yeah. Okay. Um, anything visually uh, that you continue the patterns that we've been seeing in Shaheen or that you remarked upon? Um, no, I think you know the, the the spectacle, the 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 move, the camera movement, and so on. Yeah, it's very sort of fluid, very sort of similar to the previous few films. I think, yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Okay, and the last thing you want to say? Um, I want to say something not about this film, but I saw a brilliant quote from Mark Cousins this week. Okay. <laughs> so let me just find it. So, um, you know, Madonna is, is going to direct a film about her life, apparently. Oh my uh, God. Mark, Mark, Mark Cousins <laughs> tweeted, love that Madonna will direct film about her life. Autobiopics can be great. Jodorowsky, Fellini, Varda, Bill Douglas, Yusef Shaheen, Sarah Polly, and Jonah Hogg. <laughs> so many more. So <laughs> Madonna is the modern Yusef Shaheen. I just love that comparison. <laughs> we'll see. Um, I just want to reiterate about how much I like mm. this film, right? That, um, you know, it's it's not a great film and it's not a great musical. And on the other hand, I saw it with the same kind of pleasure that that I, I take in, you know, like Elvis Presley's best films. Yeah? yeah. That they're often not great films. You know, but they'll often have a couple of songs or a number or Elvis himself, right, that are just so dazzling, yeah. really. And I think this is this film to me. So, you know, it's not a great film, but it has some, you know, fantastic songs, you know, and then it has, like, Hindrussen uh, dancing, you know, and uh, the other two mm. singing very beautifully. And it's just a joy and to it, watch. And it definitely really. helps, because this is one we should say is on the French DVD yeah, it's a box yeah. set of uh, French films called uh, La Complainte Egyptienne, yeah. the Egyptian Complaint. Is the right. Um, so yeah, that I, I think it, it definitely helped seeing seeing a good quality copy of it oh, because yes. when you compare that to the last one we watched, which was uh, Devil of the Desert, which was a fun film but was just an appalling copy, so you couldn't this really film. tell how good it was. Uh, what the, yeah, the, this film. Yeah, you know, that that would have seemed so much better if we'd seen it in this kind of quality. So it was just sort of, yes. yeah. Okay, excellent. Um, so uh, thank you all very much for listening. We are the Youssef Shaheen uh, podcast. Uh, today we've talked about Setoua uh, Mon Amour, and I think uh, we'll next uh, move on to Silence uh, en Tourne. Yeah, in a week okay. or so. Uh, so thank you very much for listening. Bye. <laughs>
عشان ياني ما انا كلمة تجيبني وكلمة توديني ايه مرة Yeah. <laughs> 